Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. All right. Listeners, one thing that Matt tries to do with each epipod mm-hmm. is always bring it back to North Carolina. Yep. Today, you are going to have a little problem doing that. I'm jumping out of my seat over here. Like, I'm so excited. <laughs> like, this is so easy. Not only because of the music yep. that we're going to review, but because of our guest today. Spinus Work fans, please welcome a fellow North Carolinian to Matt Lale over there. Yes. This is Madison Hill. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Excited to be here. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank you. Madison, you're from North Carolina. Born and raised my whole life. Lived in all sides of the state. Wilmington, Raleigh. Asheville. Those are the three sides. <laughs> yeah, those are the three sides. Uh, you know, I was always taught Piedmont, Coastal Plain, and yeah. Mountains, but it's like Common oh, yeah. Core math. They've changed it now. It's no longer those three regions, just Wilmington, Raleigh, Asheville. That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know. What's yeah. your favorite region? Partial right now to the mountains. Did 10 years in the mountains recently. Like prison? Did 10 years in the <laughs> That's mountains? That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Did my time in Asheville, and now I'm back. Good behavior. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They let me out. That's a good place to do 10 years. Yeah, it wasn't bad, but loving being back here. Big fan of the podcast. Thanks. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Matt over here is from North Carolina. He's from Dunn. Dunn. That's not one of the three no, it's location not. markers. Not, not really one of the, the big three, if you will. <laughs> That's one of the issues I have with life is the existence of the melting pot. Okay. Yeah. I can get on board with that. Just because I could go on yeah. and on. And I have. Yeah. <laughs> Valentine's Day is coming up, and I got an email from Melting Pot. Uh, cease and desist. Again. <laughs> yeah. For $125, you can get a Valentine's Day lunch. And who goes out to Valentine's Day on lunch unless you have to? You know? Yeah. Right. Like your right. wife a business, works. Or, like yeah. a business lunch with your wife. Oh, I thought you meant like a business Valentine's Day lunch. <laughs> That's what it feels like. If you go to lunch with your wife on Valentine's, it feels yeah. like a business. Let's, I got an hour. And about halfway yeah. through, you pull out like a form that she yeah, has to exactly. sign or something. And then you split the cost. Are they referring to this Valentine's Day lunch as enjoy a romantic nooner? Ew. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. How's Melting Pot doing with COVID? It's like the Hibachi Steakhouse. I'm not in yet to go <laughs> no, eat no. corporately with everyone. Dipping in Dipping, cheese. yeah. I'm pretty sure that, you know, when they rolled out which could open up, they're still not to Melting Pot yet. Melting Pot's in the same group as, like, Golden Corral. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. now you guys can yeah. open up. But they're still not back, I wouldn't think. In my mind, I'm not going. They shouldn't be, no. <laughs> Melting Pot, get out of here with your Valentine's weekend. Is Valentine's on a weekend? Is it a Monday? That's the worst case scenario, I would think. Yeah, it's a Monday. Monday fondue. <laughs> We're going to go at 11 a.m. because we want to beat the rush. We'll beat the rush. Yeah. Oh, man. All the really good places are usually not open on Monday. They're opening early. Yeah. Melting <laughs> They're like, We're going. We're doubling down. So it's noon, and you've spent $125, and you're done for the day. And it's ruined your week because yeah. you, all week you've spent $125 on your Monday lunch. And then you still have to go back to work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> We had a, a work-related dinner the other night. It's in the same family as Melting Pot and Fondue. It's the Brazilian Steakhouse. Oh, yeah. They still have the buffet. Then they come out you know, with their swords of meat, and they're just slicing it for everybody. Fortunately, they do give you little tiny, like tongs to like grab the meat off okay. they don't just drop it in your mouth <laughs> no, not anymore like a melting pot <laughs> right. and then they go to the next table right with yeah, the same the table. sort of meat and they keep bringing it as long as you have that green card flipped over like keep okay. it coming i went on a cruise with all guys and we went sounds all four awesome. nights yeah it was better than it sounds <laughs> but like 13 dudes and all four nights on the cruise we did the brazilian steakhouse <laughs> Nice. They like knew us. Oh my gosh. I yeah. bet your cabin smelled. Oh, it smelled horrible. If it's pig, they would oink it. If it what? Was, yeah, that was what the waiters would do. They would moo if it was. <laughs> if I was one of those waiters, I'd walk around and be like, ruh, ruh, ruh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just do all. Yeah, do sounds that you didn't think. 
What what age were you when you did this? Uh, this was a bachelor. I mean, we were clearly yeah, we were like twenty three, twenty four. Okay. At that age, I was all about a Chinese buffet. Yeah, I would tear that stuff up. Yeah, the second night we went because it was like that was so good, and then the third night you're kind of like maybe, but then when <laughs> yeah. you do it the third, you know the fourth night you, you have got to. to. You got to. We didn't want to the fourth, <laughs> night, but. <laughs> It was like, we the, got to. The servers were like, you know, we have other yeah, there's restaurants. So many restaurants. <laughs> right, yeah. So, it was great. So, melting pot for lunch, Brazilian steakhouse for yep. dinner. <laughs> COVID on Tuesday. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, one thing we love to do here on Finest Work Songs is to engage with the listeners. We get so much email to our, our Gmail account, finestworksongs at gmail.com. But we do try to read some of it. We do listen to a little segment we call Kenny Gmail. comes from bethany and bethany writes hello i know this is kind of off topic but i figured i'd ask would you be interested in trading links or maybe guest writing a blog post or vice versa my website covers a lot of the same topics as yours and i think we could greatly benefit from each other they talk about mule days and they probably do pot. done yeah and you know freak me <laughs> madison yeah. you're from north carolina have you heard of benson mule days no I have no idea. I'm not doing my job. In our very first Epipod, you know, I said something about getting a date to the prom, and he said more like trying to get a date to Benson Mule Days. And then I was like, wait, what? Yeah. He's regretted it ever since because it's all I talk about. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty much. It's amazing. It is what it sounds like. It's a mule festival in Benson, which is the town right by Mm -hmm. Dunn. A celebration of the mule, essentially. Annual. Oh, annual. I think 2020 they didn't do it. Or 2021. Or 21. Yeah. So they have hit the pause button on the old mule days. See, they have some dignity. Years. At least they don't. Melting pot's like full steam ahead. Yeah, we're <laughs> pushing through. Yeah. Historically, there's mule shows and I think parades and bands. And I'm in. If it's back in 2022. Did you deal with any mules at the camp that you worked at? We had two donkeys. Yeah, we had uh, Duke and Hank. They brought Hank one time over to my house i woke up to a donkey in my basement (laughs) and my roommate and i woke up just in a daze because there was a donkey making donkey noises downstairs (laughs) and we went down to our basement he was in there just crapping over everything and we looked at it and we went back upstairs and went to sleep like any 20 year olds (laughs) like i'll deal with this i'm not dealing with this right now so what are donkeys for those two donkeys were free they were gifts (laughs) They were fun to watch because they thought they were horses over time. Okay. 35 horses, two donkeys. And I like so that. they would come running in. With the horses? With the horses. <laughs> as fast. I have great videos of them trying to keep up. Is the world like just so overpopulated with donkeys that people are just giving them away for free? Yeah, these folks. Like just, cats? Yeah. I was surprised how sad I was when Duke finally went to his resting place. Oh, yeah. So Hank and Duke, those are two pretty good donkey names. I think Hank's still going strong. Hank's the basement donkey. How, the basement donkey. How do the horses treat the donkeys? It was funny, like, Duke had a relationship with a horse, Savannah. And like, Ooh, they, like Duke and Savannah. Savannah I've would, seen that movie. Yeah. Duke couldn't reach the food, so Savannah would, like, knock the, oh my gosh. the food down to the ground. That's a beautiful Duke story. Would just, yeah, it was, it was, I've got pictures. Okay, I do want to see that. Yeah, we need to share that. Let's put those on our Instagram. I know, yeah, if, y'all, if we could put them up. So I'll definitely share the video of them running in behind the horses. Please. It would get me every time. Yeah. Trying to keep up. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Aside from donkeys and melting pot and done, Madison, what 
are we here to review today? I told Matt, I don't know a ton about music, but um, if he ever does an Usher or James Taylor episode, I would love to be a part of it. So we're going to do one of those one of those two today. We're not going to tell you which one until we <laughs> yeah. get into it. So, so, no, actually, here's how that went down. We had the conversation. Yeah. I was like, I want to have you on the podcast. And he's like, I guess I could do James Taylor. It's perfect. Yeah. You know, I text right. you, we're in. Mm-hmm. And then it must have been like a week or two later on Marco Polo that he just randomly drops, hey, man, did you know I've seen Usher five times in what? concert? And I was like, what? You just said you don't listen to a lot of music. <laughs> I just grew up listening to those two on the way to high school, James Taylor and Usher. The dynamic duo. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like every kid. So cliche. Yeah. Do you have good Usher stories? My mom dropped me off at my first concert, and it was at Walnut Creek, you know, whatever it was back then. And Usher played to an amphitheater, which is always interesting. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. like we were in the lawn, and me and Darrell Petway went to an Usher concert. And that was my first concert at 14. And That's so, exciting. On the, yeah. on the lawn. On the lawn. Yeah, nice. And you're there to see him entertain, not just sing. And so you're watching him dance on, on the those, big, yeah. those And it's about a half second behind. Yeah, exactly. Of... And it was 2000, you know, one maybe. So mm-hmm. you could barely tell what he was doing up there. But I've been to a lot more concerts for Usher since then. <laughs> That's great. And gotten a lot closer. And so nice. he's an unbelievable entertainer. So... James Taylor and Usher. Those are my those two. Those are the ones. The big yeah. two. Right. The big two. Right well, then there. James Taylor today and Usher's next. Yeah. Sure. That's I'd love good. to come back. <laughs> so we're going to do James Taylor's greatest hits. and The only album he ever put out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> this is an album that I think everyone had. Yep. Was it like 30 million? It's one of the probably three albums everybody has. This one, Bob Marley Legend. Yep. And Eagle's Greatest Hits. Gross. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. We typically do albums, but this one made sense to do this greatest hits. And the only other greatest hits that I would think of doing would be Legend. Legend. Yeah. yeah. So let's jump in. We always like to begin with our memories. Madison, what is your memory of James Taylor greatest hits or just James Taylor in general? Driving to Hendersonville, North Carolina, family camp every summer. Mm-hmm. We would go to Camp Canuga. It was like kind of like dirty dancing. Picture that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we did that for 14 years in an old van and we'd take out the middle seat so we could put the cooler in there. Nice. Kids in the back row. We'd just be cranking James Taylor. It was the one thing we could all agree on. In probably a cassette player, I would assume, mm-hmm. in an old van, year after year, that would become my memory of going to this family camp, the nostalgia of James Taylor playing, just listening to it every year. And it was th- this album, The Greatest From hits? what I can remember, like all the hits. So you're on your way to like a family-oriented camp. Mm-hmm. Would y'all skip the live version of Steamroller at the <laughs> end of this? We were living on the edge. We would just play <laughs> it through. My nice. dad, you know, just let it Let's go. Let's turn it yeah. up a, yeah, a exactly. little bit more. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So. I can't think of a better James Taylor memory yeah. than a North Carolinian <laughs> driving with his family to a family camp yeah. and all listening to that. Like that sums up That's it. the magic of James Taylor right yeah. there. And when I listen to it, I feel like I'm in that van cruising yeah. back to Hendersonville. Right. Here's That's to Camp cool. Canuga. Is Camp Canuga still around? Yeah, still doing great. I need to take my family one day. You're going to put your family in the car and get all nostalgic and put James Taylor on. And you're going to be like, this sucks, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try to get an old van. You yeah. Know, put with a cassette. cassette in it. Yeah. <laughs> Was there a you know, rebel dance instructor up there who kind of... <laughs> they would do a square dance night. Okay. They did a, a bingo night. Nice. They would get pretty competitive. They <laughs> were. I mean, it was... 
it was exactly what you're picturing okay. when you watch Dirty Dancing. You're like, yeah. yeah, that's where we went. Nice. And I think Dirty Dancing was filmed actually up there it was in, in Lake yeah. Lore yep. and so down the road. Mm-hmm. Wow. Of course so, you know that. Yeah. 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 North Carolina. Yep. It was, actually, it was filmed in Lake Lore, but also like around uh, the Virginia mountains too. So there you go. Oh, yeah. Throwing a little something your way. When they wanted to remake Dirty Dancing, the camp I worked at with the donkey, they pursued us. And they needed multiple months for us to be open and free. And we couldn't do it. Yes, You would have been in the background dancing. Just dancing with that donkey, just (laughs) riding Duke in the background. (laughs) They're like, cut. Get that guy out of here. For for the last time. We don't want the donkey (laughs) in there. Would they have just called it like dirtier dancing? Yeah, dirtier dancing. (laughs) Yeah. Dancing with Duke. The remake. I wish Duke. All right, Matt, what about you? What's your memory? Beat Madison's. I can't beat that. I mean, that's such a great memory. I mean, I think mine is, you know, the era of the, like, BMG CD clubs where, you know, you pay a penny and you get CDs. Like, that's one of those, you know, quintessential albums that everyone has in their library. And as far as greatest hits albums go, I mean, this is darn strong i mean it's mm-hmm. with the exception of like a song here or there like everybody knows every single one of these songs mm-hmm. and so i'd also remember you know probably in the mid to late 90s early 2000s it, it seemed like he was still touring quite a bit he would come around here walnut creek as you mentioned madison mm-hmm. i mean i probably saw him two or three times at mm-hmm. walnut creek back in the day mm-hmm. really good shows i mean he puts on a great show and there was an era where no matter your age people went to see either jimmy buffett or James Taylor. I mean, it was like he sort of spanned generations at that time and good memories of going to see James Taylor. What about you, Matt? What's your memory of JT? So I went off to college and I had to leave my little sister behind and that was tough, but I was able to leave the family dog with her. She was trying to fit in, so she decides to join the baseball team. But along the way, she discovers that the dog can play baseball. (sighs) What? Yes. It's pretty amazing so the dog's playing baseball can you i mean this is amazing yeah can you explain how the dog plays baseball just defense does it hold the bat with his mouth yeah i yeah. think it does defense and off he went to bat for the anaheim angels wow yeah wow. dog out up there major leagues yeah just whacks the ball and the commentator's like that's one of the greatest hits i've ever seen uh, yeah. the other commentator's like speaking of greatest hits <laughs> have you heard of james taylor's greatest hits that's what that made me think of and everybody in the place is like, they're having a conversation. This dog just hit this massive... Yeah, and they're talking about James Taylor. But I was so intrigued because it didn't matter about the dog. The guy was really yeah. like wowed by James Taylor. And so that's how I heard about it. And I went and got James Taylor's greatest hits. And you know what? He was right. It was yeah. more amazing than a dog that played sure. Major League Baseball. Yeah. The dog's walk-up song now is Fire and Rain, right? That's right. When he comes up to bat. <laughs> that's right. Everybody cheers. I didn't realize that was your dog. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I wanted to do a baseball movie for Madison because... He loves baseball. Oh, yeah, go Braves, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Usher Braves and yep. James Taylor. And wife and kids. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In that order. Yeah, in that order. Yeah. But I can't believe it's taken us this long to do Airbus. Seriously. There's a great article in a book by Shea Serrano, and he talks about how pound for pound Airbud is the greatest athlete ever <laughs> because every sport he enters he dominates, dominates yeah at 30 pounds right we watched teen wolf about oh. a week or so ago mm-hmm. you have to convince me that the first game when he becomes a teen wolf is the greatest single performance of any basketball player so yeah of all time it's in the book is it yeah he does every fictional okay good and he does the team wolf he does he does like a windmill between the legs dunk yeah it's Michael J. Fox, right? Yeah. yeah. At like five foot <laughs> right. so, I mean, that's, seven. Yeah. I got the like, tallest guy. Like yeah. Spud Webb was like, this dude's tiny. Yeah. Right. Exactly. 
Might have been who inspired Spud Webb. <laughs> if that wolf can do the it. wolf can yeah, do it. Yeah, I can do it. <laughs> All right. Let's jump in with some music. 45 minutes in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the Greatest Hits Volume 1 begins with Something in the Way She Moves. Something in the way she moves Or looks my way or calls my name That seems to leave this troubled world behind and If I'm feeling down and blue Or troubled by some foolish game She always seems to make me change my mind I feel fine anytime she's around me now. She's around me now, almost all the time. And if I'm well, you can tell that she's been with me now. She's been with me now, quite a long, long time, and I feel fine. It should not be so loved. It's so soft mm-hmm. and sentimental. But he doesn't get sappy. You don't listen to this and go, that didn't age well. Yeah. It's the same as when you first heard it. It's like beautiful and true. I would love to know somebody who says like, yeah, I hate that song. Like, what? How? There's an element to it, like you said, Madison, of being in the van, going to camp. Yeah. Something your family could agree on. There's a safe element to it. So I could see someone going like, oh, well, this is not rocking enough. It's yeah. not soulful or whatever. But it's music at its most pure form. There it is. The quintessential sort of singer-songwriter, storytelling, acoustic guitar, and a yeah. beautiful voice. Love it. This is the song that he used to audition for Paul McCartney and George Harrison. Which then goes on to inspire George Harrison to write something. I mean, as if your mind isn't blown enough that they signed you to Apple Records, but right. then George Harrison takes a line from your song? <laughs> yeah. That's insane. And writes, I mean, in my opinion, one of the best Beatles songs ever. Then not only do you sign with Apple, but you get both of them playing on your album. I didn't know that growing up. I didn't either. I knew they were on Apple. Yeah. Like, I heard that at some point, but I didn't know that Paul McCartney played bass. George Harrison sings back up on Carolina in my mind yeah. on the debut. and It's amazing that he got in the room in the first place. Yeah. And it comes from a ton of privilege ton of privilege <laughs> and money like a, a lot of people who come from privilege and money kind of has his dark episodes and spends time in like a mental institution mm-hmm. you know a hospital mm-hmm. you have depression and gets into heroin i mean was his dad a professor yeah his dad was like a dean of the college of medicine at chapel hill james went off to like a elite boarding school yeah they'd go to the cape every summer yeah his family lineage goes back to like massachusetts bay colony really like you said immense privilege yeah but it's amazing to look at like his family like you know you've got this father who's this well-renowned medical doctor professor and then I think every one of James and his siblings, you know, at one point or another, go into music. They're not going into medicine and law and stuff like that. That was the mom's side. <laughs> there you go. It was. Was it? Yeah. Go she ahead. was like, a, I think, an opera singer or something. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so, obviously, a talented musical family, but then he goes through his ups and downs, moves to London, I guess, change of scenery and, and pursue that, music. That's the privilege. I mean, and he, I listened yeah. to his audiobook and he recognized it like he said i came from a ton of privilege but was able to after not graduating and using up all his money he still had a small inheritance that got him to london he said it was one of his cape friends cooch cooch yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. so he gets to london to stay with a friend this hippie friend 
And Cooch is like, hey, there's a band that we played with, Peter and Peter and Bill or something. Mm-hmm. Here's Peter's number. Give him a call. And so he calls Peter, who says, yeah, I'm out of music, but now I'm a talent scout for the Beatles' new record label, <laughs> which is insane. Mm-hmm. According to Peter Asher, he walks into Apple Records, and Peter says, is there a Beatle in the house? Just yells it, and Paul McCartney appears. <laughs> so it comes from privilege, yeah. but you're sitting there in front of George Harrison and Paul McCartney. Yeah. And you have to play them your song. This is like auditioning for Michael Bivens. Exactly. <laughs> Just like boys Just to like men. Just like boys to men. Rock and roll is the same story <laughs> over and over again. It's a crazy story of privilege and chance that gets him there. But when he gets there, he still is amazing. It works so well that, yeah, you get Paul McCartney playing bass on your album and George Harrison. You're uncredited singing backup mm-hmm. on your album. That's but I don't think he thought it was a big deal, right? I think he just loved music and just loved playing. Like, yeah. From what I can tell, like he wasn't trying to make it. Make it. He just happened to fall into some yeah. incredible company. It helps if you have a nice nest egg. Yeah, exactly. And you can just do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the beginning of his crazy story. Let's move on. Next song, probably what plays in the hospital when you guys were born here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Flights where when we're about to land, I'll play the song, mm-hmm. you know, like in North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> Burn CDs, I put it on. I mean, driving across the state line, I'll put it on. Yeah. It's like an anthem if you grow up here. My only minor criticism with the song is because it's been, co- I won't say co-opted, but it's played at UNC yeah. sporting events. Sporting events. Makes you um, so mad. But it makes sense. I mean, he, he grew up in Chapel Hill. His yeah. dad worked at UNC, so I get it. But That must tear you up, though. Like, As a state <laughs> grad and band, it's like nah. they own that song, but kind of. I get it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's He's ugly. obviously not talking about the university. Right. Like, that's right. what makes me mad, that they think, like, maybe he's talking <laughs> yeah, about the school. You're right. They totally the do. <laughs> Like Madison said, I mean, it's an anthem for the state. I mean, it really is. And there's that whole bit that when he talks about holy host of others standing by, his reference to the Beatles being there when he records this. And Apparently he wrote this. He was on an island with a girl, Karen. 
and they missed the boat. So they had to sit there outside of a cafe all night until the morning came and the next boat came and he wrote the first stanza of this. So many musical artists try to write about their home, you know, like try to include something. And I don't think anybody does it this well of like that he's not here writing it. You know, they're always like anthems of just like Tennessee. And they're they're always trite and they're always like hitting you over the head with symbolism. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. This one's just like, you can be proud of it. You can tell it's genuine and real and that he's actually does miss this place. I always thought everything was so North Carolina based like Karen. So who's Karen? Oh, I bet Karen's his North Carolina high school girlfriend (laughs) Mm -hmm. that he had. Probably there's all these Tar Heels that named their daughters Karen after Carolina in my mind. And she's like some Spanish girl over (laughs) on the the island that that he hung out with. And then like that was it. (laughs) But she made the song. She was immortalized. I wonder where she is. Maybe she's the original Karen. She's like yelling at a manager somewhere. (laughs) That's where Karen was derived from. (laughs) What the whole thing about geese in flight and dogs that bite? I think that's Karen going into the store and attacking the manager and just. (laughs) You said this was done in on an island. The Karen part, the first stanza he wrote, stand up all night on that island and just had the words. He didn't have his guitar. I don't think you know. It's just like he wrote that. And I think the idea of that holy host of others, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, is the Beatles. And that's a great picture. You're with your heroes and still you miss North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, that's awesome. That's yeah. pretty cool. There's yeah. no better place you sh- you know, could be mm-hmm. in theory, but you're like, I still miss home. You're achieving yeah. your dreams by recording an album with the Beatles. Yeah, mm-hmm. while they're doing the White Album. Right. And so you're getting to sit in and watch that too. That's insane. Like at camp. Would y'all have James Taylor songs that would play all the time? I just remember I would go out west for the summer in college, and I would play this a ton, you know, throw headphones in, and be proud of, like, I'm from North Carolina. <laughs> and everybody's like, here comes Madison. Yeah. He's, like, go. walking along all sentimental. Yeah, my eyes closed. Just skipping rocks. <laughs> it's gone. Holding a fist yeah. up in the air. I mean, it just was such a, like, whatever he said goes, you know, whatever yeah. James Taylor says. As a North Carolinian, you're like, yeah. Even if you have no idea what... <laughs> Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah geese in flight. Yeah, geese in flight. Dogs yeah. bite. You guys don't understand. You know, you just tell people yeah. it's geese that. Well, don't even. You don't even try. <laughs> <laughs> You're just so proud of it. Yeah. So that's what I remember. I don't remember playing it as much here. I like playing it around people who don't get it. Yeah. Because <laughs> they have no song that can match their state. You know. Like, no. Play me your best song in Florida. Some Pitbull song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is there another? Yeah, well, Georgia by Ray Charles is... That's pretty good. That's a good one. That's a good one. Good. <laughs> that's yeah. not bad. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other songs. Tennessee New Whiskey. York by Jay-Z. New York State of Mind. Yeah, yeah. But Frank Sinatra does. Another one. Heads Carolina, Tails California. I think like Martina McBride. Yeah, country artists. They Jeez. just love... They love states. Drew Holcomb wrote Tennessee, and yeah. they play it at every Tennessee football game. I think they're really? like, yeah, if you can write a song about a state, yeah. I think you're just trying to get played at the football yeah. game. Yep. Creative perspective, I feel like. how he, He's writing about it from afar, mm-hmm. and yeah. very few are written that way. They're all like, here I am, staking my They're all just so on, all the, on the nose. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, this one's soft. It doesn't hit you over the head with it. The Drew Holcomb one hits me over the head a little bit. Yeah, it's just yelling the name of the state. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, I'm born here, I'll die here. Okay. Where does Petey Pablo's raise oh, up yeah, that's fall true. in this conversation? Because it's got to be the close second. Carolina, 
Because, I mean, he does list out city and town names. And Chapel Hill can play that song. Like, and I'm all right with yeah, that. If they want to play that at their games, you can have it. Yeah. You can't play this one. What if in the middle of, like, Carolina, my mind, James Taylor's like, all right, take your shirt off and swing it around like a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, like all these old people. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Next up. And it starts to weaken off a little bit here. <laughs> Just yesterday morning, they let me know you were gone. Suzanne, the plans they made put an end to you. I walked out this morning and I wrote down this song. I just can't remember who to send it to. I've seen fire and I've seen rain. I've seen sunny days that I thought would never end I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend But I always thought that I'd see you again Won't you look down upon me, Jesus You gotta help me make a stand what was the story that you heard about this song? What it was about growing up? I never got into what it really is about. I yeah. was like, this is such a good song. And then, like, remember the Titans took it over? Did they really? Yeah, and that's where people would tell you the song came from. <laughs> they would oh, infuriate really? me, <laughs> you know? I just remember being so mad. Yeah. Oh, that's the Remember the Titans song. <laughs> when the guy, if you've seen the movie, gets in a car crash, and they play this in the background of that scene. And people are like, he wrote this song for Remember the Titans Prophecy. <laughs> oh, my god! It could be worse. It could be like, oh, that's the song from Air Bud. Yeah, exactly. That's true. <laughs> but I yeah. didn't know much about it. I just always took it as a story of ups and downs and depression. But then I, then I remember reading about Sweet Dreams and Flying Machines. Yeah. It was in reference to the band he was in. Okay. See, up. I heard a story growing up. Suzanne was his girlfriend. Who committed suicide. But I heard that she was flying out to see him and... Sweet dreams and flying machines and pieces on the ground. Oh. The plane crashed and she died. Whoa. That was the story. Oh, that was the story. That was the story growing up. Could and you enjoy the song one. still? Oh, yeah. Even more. Yeah. It was heavy. Yeah. It was like, Suzanne. You liked it more. Yeah. It was dark. <laughs> but apparently Suzanne was just a friend, like okay. you said, from his band. Yeah. And she committed suicide. And they didn't tell him until after he was done recording really? over in London. Yeah. So they said they wrapped the album. I think he went out you know, to celebrate. And that night, his friend's like, oh, by the way, a couple of weeks ago, this happened. Because uh-huh. they didn't want to, like, ruin it. I guess you had to be careful with them at that point in time. Yeah, that's like, a good yeah, point. I mean, fragile. Yeah. Fragile, yeah. yeah. Going through depression. And and you're over there recording with the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. Man, a lot of money invested. It peaked at number three on the Billboard charts. Like, it's never made it over. Are you kidding me? <laughs> number three. What year? Like, it, uh, 70? 70? August 1970. Okay. It peaked on number two in Canada. Canada, Canada gets it. Gets, Finally. They understand. What was it like Bare Naked Ladies debut yeah. album number one? It's been. <laughs> 1970. August 1970 is when I think the album came out. Whoa, there was another song on the Billboard charts in 1970 called Fire and Rain by a guy named R.B. Greaves. Really? Let's play that. It's a great fact if you told somebody like just to know that another Fire and Rain. What if it was way better? What if it was <laughs> yeah. the same song? <laughs> James took it. We switched this whole episode. This whole time. 
You're ready to hit the road. Well, that's not bad. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Make tracks. RB, make she, sounds, she sounds hot. same song because it has an acoustic guitar man yeah but it sounds like the same it does kind of same song just yesterday morning, what they let me know you were <laughs> same song all right we got to get to the bottom of this it's got a lot of soul to, to it so did he release it somebody else took it i'm confused what if john lennon and ringo Starr played on this one <laughs> That's right. Rolling Stone did a list of 500 greatest songs of all time. Where do you think Fire and Rain fell? Which version? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. RB or JT? (laughs) JT. Yeah. Sorry. I'm cynical about that list, so I'm going to say it's at 78. Okay. I'm going to say 63. It's 227. Are you kidding me? I'd love to hear the 226 before, but yeah. It was 82 on the top 100 songs of the century. I find it uh, hard to believe. Kids today. Yeah. So oh RB gosh. Greaves peaked at number 82. It yeah. makes me feel better. Come on, Rolling Stone. Do better. 227. This song did make it on The Simpsons. I remember when he was a guest. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Seems out of character for him to be on The Simpsons, but. He's pretty flat. Have you yeah. heard him on a podcast before? Uh-huh. Yeah. He was on, what was it, Questlove? Yeah. They're awing over him, first of all. Yeah. And he doesn't care. Yeah. Really? Oh, they're in love with him. Then they make tons of jokes and he never he never laughs no or joins in he warms up a tiny bit at the end they had like one more question for him but they had to let him go and he was like i'll answer another question right and like kind of laughed that was it that was it yeah next up sweet baby james there is a young cowboy he lives on the range his horse and his cattle are his only companions He works in the saddle and he sleeps in the canyons Waiting for summer, his pastures to change And as the moon arises, he sits by his fire Thinking about women and glasses of beer Closing his eyes as the doggies retire He sings out a song which is soft but it's clear As if maybe someone could hear Good night you moonlight ladies rock by sweet baby Jane and blues are the colors I choose Won't you let me go down in my dreams And rock a by sweet baby James Now the first of December Yeah, we talked about how like Carol in My Mind is so sort of subtle and mm-hmm. I always feel like the first part of this is almost more of that like on the nose like I'm going to do a cowboy song mm-hmm. I'm going to mention doggies and campfires but then it shifts to New England and the Berkshires and again we're back into his way of telling stories that are vivid without being trite and overly hokey he just does that so well they say it's a lullaby almost in a sense and I'm like that's the kind of lullabies I want my kids <laughs> Listening to. First of all, how cool of an uncle 
that you get James Taylor to write you a song. But also, it's a lullaby for this little boy, and it's about cowboys. Yeah. You know his siblings were fighting to have the first boy that they could name James. Oh, yeah. I would think. Absolutely. So I can be the one he writes songs about. I bet they're all named. There's JT Taylor, (laughs) Jimmy Taylor. Yeah. Jimmy JM. (laughs) Write a song for him. Write a song. (laughs) RB. Yeah. Yeah. Since I'm keeping up with the charts, this never even charted. Are you kidding? It's on his greatest hits. (laughs) And it was the title track. That's right. (laughs) When you were growing up, did you make like mixed CDs? for girls that's an understatement (laughs) sweet i mean i was in the prime mix cd age yeah computers were doing doing okay and napster and all those were doing pretty well too ipods weren't a thing yet that's right but cd burners were accessible cd burners were totally accessible your computer could burn a cd so you were in a small window because we had mixed tapes Mm -hmm. cassettes you know but there was a small window that you were in where ipods weren't there because that killed the mixtape yeah, yeah, it really did. But mm-hmm. also, CD burners were accessible. I was in high school, 01 to 04. The iPod came out, I think, in 04. Mm-hmm. I was just cranking out CDs. I mean, I was buying the 50-pack of yeah. those oh, yeah. CD-Rs that was recordable. And he'd just write, like, love oh, Madison, gosh. love Madison. <laughs> just, like, record it. Just give them out to everybody. Give them out to everybody yeah. in One the hallway at school. If this wasn't such a popular podcast, I would name some of the names of... <laughs> such a popular podcast. <laughs> I could name some of the girls I gave. Come on, Valentine's Day is coming up. That's right. CDs too. Alex would kill me. Yeah, she would. She still doesn't do well that I had any sort of relationship prior to her. Would you put any James Taylor on there? Yeah, but I think Carolina in my mind Okay. for the most part. When you were really pushing, you'd put Don't Let Me Be Lonely tonight. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Would you put any Usher? Yeah. I think I took people on quite a journey (laughs) if I were to go back and listen to my burn CDs. We gave out burn CDs at my wedding way past when you should be giving out burn CDs. And (laughs) my best friend, Charlie, picked it up and goes, what the heck is this? (laughs) He said, what do I do with this? Well, you hang it from the rearview mirror. Yeah, exactly. And it had James Taylor in it. Yeah, it did. So I danced with my mom to James Taylor that night. And then everybody, we got married in Tennessee. And so I said, everybody's driving from North Carolina. So the last song on the album had to be Carolina in my mind. Nice. Ideally, them driving back into Carolina, listening to this. You timed it. So what song did you dance with your mom uh, to? We danced to How Sweet It Is. Yeah. That's yeah. what my oh, mom and I danced to. Really? Mm-hmm. James Taylor version? Yeah. It was a lovely moment. It's not an easy song to it's dance to. My mom can shag. Sh- shag. And yeah. so she was on point, and yeah. I was trying to keep up. When we got married, we took shag lessons mm-hmm. leading up to it. I still to this day cannot do yeah. it appropriately. I'm yeah. terrible at it. So as you're like leaving with Alex, you're hollering instructions to everybody. Don't start the CD until you hit. <laughs> yeah. The when you get the when you get the Knoxville, hit press play. Yeah. I'm gonna give both of y'all a copy of it. Uh, Please. We had a that lot of le- awesome. a lot of leftovers. <laughs> People chose to not take the CD. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "Can you digitally send this to me?" So we've got some. I'll give it to y'all because I think it would tell y'all a lot Did about me. That? Yeah. Next up, you've got a friend. Thanks. Well, that's why I invited you on this podcast. Man. I wanted to let you know. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. When you're down and troubled and you need a helping hand and nothing, oh, nothing is going right. Close your eyes and think of me And soon I will be there To brighten up 
even your darkest night You just call up my name And you know wherever I am I'll come running Oh yeah baby To see you again Spring, summer, or fall. Now all you got to do is call, and I'll be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got a friend. It's the perfect Sunday morning cup of coffee, starting your day kind of album, and this song is so good, and it's fifth on this greatest hits yeah. track listing, and. It is kind of like my fail-proof album. If people are coming over and I'm like, hey, these people know music. And I don't really know music. So this is a great album that you can throw on and nobody's going to judge you about what's playing. It's so good. Doug and I went to a camp and we'd go to the high school camp in the fall and the spring. We would go be counselors fall and spring. Like it was weekend camps or whatever. And at the end, like last meal, they'd always play this song. Oh, yeah. I'm over there like crying because my friends are graduating. (laughs) Like and this song's playing. Oh, I do have a friend. Good grief. So I love this song. But it's perfect, yeah. but yeah. I have an embarrassing memory of yeah. it. Sure. comes on. I'm like, I miss my friends. You're graduating. What am I going to do? <laughs> He's crying right now. Yeah. Guys, right. yeah. don't leave me. So Carol King wrote this in response to Fire and Rain. She was touring with him. It's funny to just think of Carol King just touring with somebody, not as an artist, not herself. Like she wrote songs for years, but then she's touring. And then when she hears Fire and Rain, Lonely Times When I Could Not Find a Friend, then she writes a response song. And it's You've Got a Friend. It's a, yeah. So it's good. insane. And then they recorded it. They were in L.A. They recorded Carol King's Tapestry, her first album that went like I don't know, fifty million or something yeah. insane. Mm-hmm. And the same musicians played on both versions of "You Got a Friend." First of all, it's really gracious for her to give that yeah. to him. Yeah. She's probably pretty glad it got a Grammy for Song of the Year, mm-hmm. and it really is. I think it's his song. I think of it as, as his song. You know, we talked about the other version of Fire and Rain that charted at the same time as his. I mean, that wasn't totally uncommon at that time for an artist to put out a song and then someone to pretty quickly cover it and also chart at the same time. You don't see that as much anymore. I mean, now if someone covers a song that's been released in the last 10 years, I'm kind of like, really? Like, too soon? But, like, that would happen pretty regularly back then. This one did reach number one on Billboard, which is great. I always thought this should have been the song on Toy Story instead of the range. You've got a friend in me. Yeah, this could have been it. All right, so apparently in 97, the brand new Heavies, which is a British acid jazz and funk group, they recorded You've Got a Friend. I like it. Yeah. Man, this probably hits like right at your intersection, Madison. (laughs) Usher and James Taylor. feeling this if this had to come on at carol middle school dance oh man uh, i'd have been done <laughs> carol king wrote it so shout out to carol king yeah but also just in the vein of james taylor that these could easily be that's cheesy that's sentimental yeah. like some of carol king's stuff is mm-hmm. but there's something about james taylor man that just you buy it you believe it mm-hmm. i don't know how he does it Voice. made you cry I, mean, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Gosh, Doug was graduating, man. Yeah. Was I'm never going to see these people again. No. All right, last one we're going to cover, Mexico. Mm-hmm. 
Way down here, you need a reason to move. Feel a fool, running your state side games. Lose your load, leave your mind behind, baby Jane. Oh, Mexico, you sound so simple, I just got to go. The sun's so hot, I forgot to go home. Guess I'll have to go now. I wonder if Mexico has the same pride in this song as I do <laughs> in Carolina in my mind. I think they did until at the end when he goes, I've never really been, but I'd sure like to go. <laughs> They're like, man. That's what makes him so good, though. They yeah. wrote a song about a place he's never been. It's that good. Yeah. And it's better than anything Jimmy Buffett ever wrote. <laughs> right. And he hasn't even been there. Yeah, yeah. right. Jimmy Buffett covers this song. Yeah. That's how good James Taylor is. Yeah. I've always said if there's a house band in hell, it's a Jimmy Buffett cover band. <laughs> and Jimmy Buffett's singing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I like that this one's upbeat. Like when you're listening yeah. to the album, you need yeah. this song. Fun, happy, upbeat. I wish that on Ozark. You watch Ozark? Oh, my no. gosh. Yeah. When they were flying down to Mexico, they, <laughs> they would play this. this song. It's such a dichotomy yeah. of what, what that show is They're going, going to the drug lord. Yeah. And it's pretty intense. Oh, Mexico. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. There are more songs that we could easily dig into, but we wanted to at least touch on Mexico uh, with how different the feel is. Listeners, one thing that we like to do is challenge ourselves to remove a song if you had to. And so what, what's James Taylor going to do? But, Just not laugh at your jokes? That's it. <laughs> That's I feel like, I feel like that's what he would do if he were in here. Yeah. I think even if you did remove a song, he's not going to laugh. <laughs> yeah. Every time we have laughed today, he would have just stone sat there. Face stared at us. Yeah. All right. So he's not going to laugh at your jokes unless you remove a song off the greatest hits, volume one. Gosh. So if you had to, Madison, which song would you remove? I would have to go with Steamroller. Well, I'm a cement mixer, baby. A Chinese drain, a burning funk. It's too different for me on this album. Yeah. It's the only one that when I get to the end, I'm okay to park the car and <laughs> unplug. All the other songs I have to listen to the end. What about you, Matt? The song I would remove is Don't Let Me Be Lonely Tonight. <laughs> on an album chock full of soft rock glory, it's the most on-the-nose, syrupy, 70s soft rock song on the album talked a little bit about how sweet it is and you shower the people i mean Mm -hmm. like there's so many other heavy hitting songs don't let me be lonely tonight to me just falls a little flat in in relation to those other ones what about you matt for me it's steamroller for the reasons madison mentioned if steamroller were not on here it would be so if it wasn't steamroller it would be don't let me be lonely only because of that 70s sax got a billy joel slow hollow oats feel to it are you gonna make me do billy joel sometime do not want to do billy Joel. good good (laughs) next it's time for your senior quote this is the quote that defines you as you're leaving high school either looking back looking ahead celebrating the good times an inside joke or a big middle finger to the administration. Or, or it's a, that true, honest, emotional goodbye to mm-hmm. the last four years of your life. It's your senior picture, and then there's that quote underneath it. That's right. Madison, beginning with you, what would your senior quote be? I'm going to go trying to be mysterious, and okay. I'm just going to do something in the way she moves. Ooh. She, 
I don't really have anybody in mind. I didn't have a steady relationship. I'm not bitter about it, but (laughs) I just would love for if any girl cares to wonder who is she? Mm -hmm. So I think I'm going to go with the mysterious something in the way she moves and really not have anybody in mind, but make them think all these years. Who was it? There were girls that you kind of had a crush on that you never would tell. I'd burn them a CD. (laughs) They'd leave it on the desk. They'd leave it on the desk. (laughs) And then that'd be me. I like the mystery in this. For me, it would be from Carolina in my mind, heavy use of ellipses here. So just bear with me. It would be, I think I might've heard the highway calling dot, dot, dot. Signs that might be omens say, I'm going, I'm going, dot, dot, dot. Say nice things about me. I'm gone. I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. What about yours, Matt? I'd give a shout out to my friends. I'd say you just call out my name and you know wherever I am, I'll come running. There you go. So I'd go sentimental go. this week. To Doug. James Taylor. To Doug. <laughs> you I'll say that. I'm just seeing your quote. Hey, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Did it ever annoy y'all or does it annoy you that in Shower the People, it's Shower the People. Like the it, Lee always just it is annoying. annoyed me. Yeah. It wasn't, but now it's real. Yeah, yeah then you're did. welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, we did it, guys. Tackled the JT. This is fun. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. A lot of fun. Yeah, Madison. You brought a lot of life to this normally dead room. No offense, Matt. <laughs> no, no, none taken. I know you're talking about yourself. <laughs> That's right. Will you have me back for Usher? Yeah. Which album? Confessions Part 1, which is, is 2004. It had three number one hits. We're doing it. There's few albums that have had three songs go number one. Let's do it. So Confessions Part 1. It can be in a couple of years if, <laughs> if this doesn't Spread go it well. out. Yeah. <laughs> we'll I'm, see how the listenership is. Yeah, we'll see what the numbers yeah. look yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, no, I'd love to talk about Usher. No, Madison, seriously, thanks for doing this. This has been a lot of fun to go down a memory country road with James Taylor. So thanks for, thanks for doing yeah. that. Yeah, thanks, Madison. It's been great fun. Thanks again for listening to another Epipod of Finest Work Songs. We always love engaging with listeners on social media, whether it's Instagram or Twitter at Finest Work Songs or on Facebook. Check out our website, finestworksongs.com. As always, be sure to get one of those emails into us, finestworksongs at gmail.com. Who knows, maybe one day we'll read one of yours on a next installment of Kenny Gmail. Remember, Valentine's Day is coming, so don't forget to make that melting pot reservation for lunch. Yeah. And we've had a lot of good JT, but to give a little preview for what next time is going to be like, we're going to go out with some Usher. Conversation got heavy